Hey guys, it's Alicia. I hope you all are having an amazing day. I am sitting here with my friend, Miss Latisse Logan, and we are doing something a little bit different today, and she is going to interview me. I realize that it's been almost two years, and I really just started speaking to y'all. I never told you anything about me, where I came from, why you should listen to me, or anything like that. So today, that's about to change. So thank you for joining me, Latisse. Absolutely. And I'm going to let her take over the lead. She's going to lead, and I'm going to follow. <laughs> Well, it is definitely a pleasure sitting here with you. Um, you know that I admire you, so I am very blessed to be in your presence. Thank you. Um, so, yes, I'm so happy that your listeners get to know Alicia Nicole. Alicia Nicole. Yes. So, you wear many, many hats. Mm -hmm. I'm talking prophetess, teacher, minister, um, elder, mother, daughter, so many hats. Mm -hmm. Okay, we know this, but who is Alicia, the person? Wow, that's a, that's a loaded question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is a loaded question. Um, I am. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I gotta think about that one because yeah. it's easy to say I'm a wife, I'm a mother. Right. You know, you know and, and all well, everybody right. everybody knows that. But I am just an all-around little country girl from Greer, South Carolina, who loves hard, um, who loves the Lord, who wants to reach every goal that God has set for me. Oftentimes, people set goals for themselves, but I want God-given goals, what He wants for me yeah. to reach and obtain. So just a person who wants to reach everybody that God has for me to reach and to do it his way. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Um, we like that, Alicia. We really <laughs> do. Someone that wants to do it God's way. Mm -hmm. um, being a, a person that loves hard, mm -hmm. because I know that you do, um, how has being... Uh, Alicia the person have affected you in, in relationships because we're going to get to know some different relationships in your life today well okay so from as an adult we'll talk about now mm -hmm. I've grown in love I haven't always been easy to love mm -hmm. um I can admit there's been times when people probably <laughs> wanted to <laughs> knock my head off <laughs> um but I remember I had a friend who taught me when I was leaving um, the ministry I grew up in. And they were like, Alicia, you have to walk in love. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, I love people. Yeah. And I realized when things, when I walked into that ministry, so many people came at me at different angles thinking I wanted their position. Mm -hmm. Or thinking that I was trying to be too friendly to people. And just, you know. And I had I kept hearing her, those words from playing my mind. You have to walk in love, mm -hmm. and so that love costs you something. Yes. Um, sometimes you have people that um, can receive that love from you. Some people don't understand it. Mm -hmm. Some people feel like it's fake. Mm -hmm. Some people, um, and some people receive it. 
you know, yeah. the, and, but you have to, what I've learned, because it wasn't always this way, if we'd have had this interview maybe 10 years ago, mm-hmm. my answer probably would be different, okay. but I've learned to appreciate those who know how to receive my love and return love to me, genuine love to me mm-hmm. in the same manner, and and not look to those who have, that I love that push my love away or don't appreciate it. Well, talking about love and how hard you love, um, did you find that you had to learn to love yourself first? Absolutely. Okay, so how did that look? That happened probably, this sounds crazy, but even after I had my children. Hmm. Um, I had my daughter when I was 24. Mm -hmm. And at that time, love to me was giving myself to my husband. Um, who wasn't my husband at the time, Mm -hmm. Um, giving myself to him because I felt like if I didn't have sex, Mm -hmm. um, that he wasn't going to love me. Um, Because of rejection that I've dealt with from my father, um, not being a part of my life, Mm -hmm. I felt like um, I wasn't beautiful. I felt that no one was gonna want me unless I gave them what they want. I often tried to buy love, mm-hmm. even from um, platonic friendships. I would try to overcompensate mm-hmm. to um, get people to love me. And I've realized that people who truly love you, you don't have to do anything but be yourself. That's right. And so, although I'm still a giver, I still like to, you know, do things for the people that I love. I know that it's not required That's in order for them to love me back. That's good. And so many young women, even even older women, needed to hear this. Mm-hmm. Needed to hear that you don't have to buy love. Mm-hmm. It is important for you to love yourself um, in order to even to receive love mm-hmm. uh, and to give it. And to give it. You've learned that uh, somewhere along the line, uh, the light switch turned on for you Absolutely. in that area. Don't know when that was, um, but I I would love to know so that your listeners could know, um, how do I begin to love myself? Because before we start talking about these different relationships, Mm -hmm. if you don't love yourself, then it's going to be very challenging to love anybody else. So when did that light switch come on? I got to love me. I learned this when I went through, honestly... (laughs) <laughs> to be very transparent, it happened only a couple of years ago. Wow. I'm 40 years old, and this might have happened my 37th or 38th year of life. Um, and something very traumatic happened in my marriage, um, which took me through all types of mental battles where I, I felt like, okay, if this can happen to me or I can react this way, then, no, you know, this love isn't real. And then I had, I, you know, when people are telling you once they've done something to hurt you or once you've done something to hurt them, because this was on a two-way street for okay. me and my husband, um, I realized that if I could hurt him because he hurt me, mm-hmm. then I didn't love myself enough to pull, you know, to pull through. And what... One day I just sat down and I said, I got to love me even when nobody else does. That's so good. I got to love me even when it feels like I'm going to lose everything. Mm-hmm. That that feels like it means the world to me. Mm-hmm. And 
one thing about loving yourself is you have to truly accept the love of Christ because you know he was he's the person who created us he is God is love so in in order to really love yourself you have to first accept his love accept that he loves you regardless because man's love is conditional God's love is unconditional so once you receive God's love and then you walk in it where I have to love me more than I love anybody else more than I want anybody else around me, then that's when you you truly, truly, truly love yourself. That is awesome. So in in finding yourself or loving yourself, only two years ago you discovered this. How long have you been married? I've been married almost 12 years. 12 years. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. Um, Was it love at first sight? Was it uh, a a relationship you kind of felt like, I got to get into this to get out of that? Like, how did it all happen? How did you meet your husband? I met my husband. My, um, I had a friend who worked with him. Mm-hmm. My husband was the manager at the Vision Center at Walmart. And my friend worked with him. And I was like, does your marriage? I had moved to Georgia. And I only lived in Georgia for maybe a couple of months. And then I came back. So when I came back, I didn't have a, a boyfriend. I, you know, I was... I don't, I'll just be honest. I was bored. I wanted somebody to talk to. I wanted somebody to go on dates with. I wanted something to do. Okay. So I, I reached out to my friend and he was like, I don't think he has a girlfriend. And so he gave him my number. Well, I mean, he gave my, him his number. I never got his number. So okay. um, I wasn't thinking about it. One night he called me and I was like, what was his number? <laughs> and we talked for three and a half hours. Wow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I believe that was on a Thursday. The next day, I met him in person. Mm-hmm. And it was like an instant connection when we saw each other. Wow. And then two days later, on that Monday, he asked me to be his girlfriend. Wow. <laughs> so, I wasn't running from anything. I wasn't okay. trying to get out of anything. It was just like an instant connection wow. between us. And... We've been together for almost 18 years. We've been married almost 12. We've been together for almost 18 years. Wow. And so, he's my best friend. He's, we, um, you know, sometimes the, the closest people to you, sometimes you give them the hardest time. Yes. Um, and I believe I give him the hardest <laughs> time because I feel like I can just be who I am yeah. with him and he's going to, you know, like, please should go on. I accepted, whatever, you know. Aww. I'm having a moment. <laughs> It'll be okay. <laughs> but I do know that my husband loves me. Mm-hmm. I know that um, it's evident in the way that um, he makes sure that me and his children are, are always priority. So I'm just enjoying it. Well, I love that. Um, how did him showing you, like, this true love, how did it impact you as a person? It didn't seem real at first wow. because I never had it. Mm. Um, prior to my husband, I was engaged to a man who told me that the Lord said I was his wife, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. And But he said I was his wife, but he was never moving towards that. Mm. So why would the Lord tell you something? Mm-hmm. And I never, although I had love for him, I don't believe I was in love with that man. Okay. And I was like, okay, God, I felt like I wasted four years of my life. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. waiting on somebody who was not ready for me. Mm-hmm. And so when my husband came along, he was the total opposite of the person I previously okay. dated. Okay. Total opposite. Okay. Um, and he was just 
everything that I lacked from my father, oh my goodness. from um, my stepfather, mm-hmm. and from previous relationships. Wow. Somebody that I had never, sometimes dealing with being rejected mm-hmm. will make you feel like you don't deserve better. Oh, wow. Talk about that. So, oh my goodness. Um, I felt like I knew I didn't want a man who wasn't going to love his children or who wasn't going to be a part of their lives. Mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted somebody who loved me um, more than they loved hanging out with their friends, Mm -hmm. who loved, who would put me first, who would put their family first. I always knew that. And when I met him, my husband is the the baby. (laughs) He's spoiled. (laughs) Um, But he always made sure I was good. Um, That's awesome. And as because I'm the oldest child my mama has. So even in that, it felt like somebody was finally taking care of me. Finally seeing about me. I mean, and not saying that my mom didn't. But just, you know, I didn't have to share him with anybody. I had his love. That's that's amazing. Well, that's awesome. Um, I'm glad that you found... Or he found you because the Bible teaches us that when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. And he seems to know that. Now, there, every day have not been Sunday in in this relationship. Um, And growing together because you have to become one. Right. The Bible teaches us we become one flesh. Mm-hmm. So as you becoming one flesh, what are some challenges that have made y'all become one flesh? And not t- telling your business, but what are some things that has happened that that made you you guys get closer um, as a unit, as, as one? Absolutely. So it seemed as if before we got married, because of course the enemy, the enemy doesn't mind when you're just Absolutely. dating and mm-hmm. doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we got married, <laughs> it, everything went haywire. <laughs> yes. And the enemy started fighting and fighting, fighting, fighting. And I tried to walk away several times, if I'm honest. Wow. But my husband is a fighter. Love it. And he's like, you're not leaving me. <laughs> you're not leaving me. And even to the point where I was, um, I cheated on my husband. Mm-hmm. And even in that, my husband was upset. Yeah. He was angry. Mm-hmm. He probably said some things that he later regretted. Mm-hmm. But my husband told me he was never leaving oh, me. my goodness. And it's that type of love that brought us, to, that made us stronger. We started spending more time together. We started being intentional about our marriage because before, you know, if we saw each other, we saw each other. We say, hey, bye. When we, you know, it was almost as if we were roommates because okay. the enemy had come in and tried to distract both of us from being the unit that we had already been before. Yeah. So. It took intentional dating. It took some counseling. Mm-hmm. It took communications, having those hard conversations yes. um, to figure out the whys. Mm-hmm. What, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. How do we move forward? Those type of things. So where me and my husband don't even argue. Gosh. It is so refreshing. Okay. We may disagree. Yeah. But we've learned how to 
have those conversations without them becoming heated, without them saying, because because of rejection, my answer was always, I'm just going to leave. I'm not putting up with this. I'm running away. It was almost like a runaway tactic. Uh You know, Uh I was a runner. (laughs) Wasn't going nowhere. My feet wasn't moving. (laughs) But with my mouth, I was saying, I'm tired. I don't want to argue. I don't want to do this. You know, maybe we just don't need to be together. Maybe we just need to co-parent our children and go that way. But again, he was like, no, we're going to work through this. Mm. And with the grace of God, and I believe with connecting with the pastors that we have now, I don't know, it was something in the shift of us leaving the ministry, not taking nothing from the, my previous pastors, mm-hmm. but it was something when we shifted that shifted in my marriage wow. and shifted my husband to where my husband used to didn't do anything in church but sit in church Mm -hmm. to where now I see my husband taking an offering and running the soundboard in church (laughs) and just opening the church closing the church every Sunday and it's nobody but God and I know that if we can get through this yes anybody well, I want to thank you for being transparent. Absolutely. Because our your listeners, that's what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody's looking for. Like, we know that you are Prophetess Alicia. Mm-hmm. We know that you are Elder Alicia. But you go through things, too. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you get through those things? That You know, we need to know that. Right. So thank you for being transparent. Absolutely. Because I know that that testimony, because that was definitely a testimony, mm-hmm. helped somebody. So, yes, I appreciate that. So, 18 years of marriage and going strong. Going strong. Awesome. And out of that unit, out of your your unit with your husband, how many kids are there? We have two beautiful children. (laughs) One daughter, that is my heart, and my son. I call him my baby boy. He hates me. (laughs) He's six foot something tall, but he's still my baby. Um, But those, Ayana and DJ, Mm -hmm. they are a blessing. You had who first now? Ayana. Ayana Ayana is the oldest. Okay. And we have a very open and honest relationship. I've always told her she can come to me and talk about anything. And I got that from my mom. My mama used to let us talk about anything. My mama told us about sex. She told us about um, if you have kids, how to what's what's gonna happen, how it's gonna feel. Wow. Okay. I mean, so we've always yeah. been open and honest with um, with her about certain things. And she's she comes to me about her friends' issues who are afraid to go to their... Well, mommy, can you talk to them? Because they don't want to talk to their mama. Yeah. And she tells them, my mama will talk to you. Now, of course, if it's something that's going to be harmful or detrimental to their, the child, I'm going to talk to the family. Of course. But I, I'm i blessed that my daughter sees enough in me to even want to bring her friends. Because most people be like, girl, we got to keep this from our, from my, yeah. our parents. Yeah. But my daughter feels like she's... Um, able to come and talk to me. How did she change you as a person? Mm. She grew me up a lot. I was 24 when I had her. Um, and what most people would think, I'm grown, you know, mm-hmm. but <laughs> age don't make you grown. Right. And I became very protective of her. Okay. To the point, like, my, if I had to go take a shower, because I was still, I wasn't married yet. Mm-hmm. So I would go take a shower and I'd ask my siblings, can y'all watch her while I go take a shower? I, I promise I won't take long. I'll be right back. 
If I was going to the store, I'm taking her in the car. They'd be like, Alicia, you can leave her here. No, I'll be, no, that's okay. I'm gonna take her. I mean, but she she caused me to one um, mature in a lot of areas, and she called caused me to learn to trust because okay. there were times when, I mean, as a new mother, mm -hmm. you have to allow somebody to help you. Yes, you can't do it all. Her daddy was at work. Mm -hmm. um, and then even in that, we still had to date because right. we didn't want it to be just, we're just Ayana's parents. Mm -hmm. We wanted to still keep our relationship. So it, she, she really matured me in some areas and made me gain trust in some people because you don't realize who you don't trust until you have something that you, you aren't, I mean, you cherish yeah. and you don't want them to touch yeah. it because you're like, you like that? You ain't gonna. You, wow. you, what would you know? And those were my siblings, so that let me know then that I had trust issues, okay. even with the people that I loved. Wow. Oh my gosh, I have never thought about that like that. Mm -hmm. um, you never know who you trust or don't trust until you have something that's valuable to mm -hmm. you, um, worrying or not worrying if they're going to take care of it. Um, and it taught you that you had some trust issues. Okay, and so your daughter, she taught you to trust. Mm -hmm. Wow, wow. Even as she's, how old now? 16. 16. And I, I've seen you guys' relationship, and you know that I uh, adore your relationship. Mm -hmm. And I wish that um, I could show the picture of, of, <laughs> of what well, I took a picture, you guys. Um, they were in church, and her daughter leaned her head on her mom um, like, her mom was her next breath or something and the interaction between them um she her, her mom alicia uh, would um flick her hair out of her her way to touch her daughter's forehead and you know just move her hair out of her eyes so just a little gestures like that was just so beautiful to me and um it, it was just a blessing to see so i know how your daughter has uh, not only taught you to trust, but she's taught you to love. Mm -hmm. And and it's, it's amazing. It's wonderful. Um, and you guys have a good relationship. Are you afraid? She is getting older. Mm -hmm. Are you afraid of her going through some of the hurts that you've been through as a young woman? And how are you preparing her for that? I honestly, because some of the things that I went through, she won't experience. Okay. She has her father. Okay. Um, okay. But Ayana is, I tell her this all the time, she's so much stronger than I ever was mm -hmm. at her age. She's outspoken. She's not she afraid is. to speak up for herself. Mm -hmm. um, she's respectful, respectful. She is. But she does speak up for herself, and I admire that about my daughter. Um, and I just pray for her, mm -hmm. you know, because I know that there are some things I can't protect her from. There's all I can do is as a mother is pray. Yeah. Um, even when it comes to like sex, you know, I've taught her, you okay. know, to to abstain to marriage. Mm -hmm. However, I know that the the peer pressure mm -hmm. that is out there, and, and the fact that like some of her friends are already active, okay. you know, I just I just continue to pray. I try to keep a watch and try to keep on a leash a little bit. <laughs> but as a teenager, I have to yeah. let her go some because I don't want her to get out and then go wild. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and your son, your baby boy. My baby boy. That is 
probably, what is he, like six, three, six, four? Mm-hmm. And you are how short? Five, four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm five, four. <laughs> five, four. And so this, this giant of a son has your heart. Tell me about your son. DJ. So I, Yana and DJ are 15 months apart. Oh, wow. I was, Yana was seven months when I found out I was pregnant. Oh my goodness. And I was so scared because my mama had already told me, if you have another child, I'm putting you away. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, and I, I only know how to be transparent. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that So when I got pregnant, I, saw, I called my husband. I said, I need a pregnancy test. Well, you know, he wasn't my husband uh-huh. then, but he's my husband now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I called my husband and I said, I need a pregnancy test. I think I'm pregnant. And he brought me one and I took it. And it was it lit up oh like Christmas. Goodness. Oh, my god! And so I went to um, one of the pregnancy centers that do free pregnancy tests just to get something so I could have right. to get, you know, stuff in order to go back to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And I wrote my mom a letter because I was so scared to tell her. I could talk to my mom about it. This I was scared to tell her because I was like, I told him, I said, I don't know what you're going to do, but you got to find me somewhere to go because she's going to put me out. She's going to put me out. So that night I wrote her the letter and I was like, you got to come and get us so that she can read this letter and have time to pull off. <laughs> oh my God. Before I get back. <laughs> and I, I think my husband knows this, but I even contemplated aborting DJ because I was afraid of what my mom wow. was going to say. And for the longest, I felt so guilty. Mm-hmm. And God said, but you didn't do it. You didn't do it. So you have to let that guilt go. Mm-hmm. You have a son who you love and adore. And he, he, there's a purpose for him. He's very soft-spoken or um, quiet to the public. They, you know, that's how they <laughs> talk my head off. <laughs> but... He has so much wisdom, even at a at, as a 15 year old, to where he knows when people don't love genuinely. Oh wow! And he's very protective of me. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband calls him my bodyguard because wow. he even tells his daddy, "Don't you do nothing to my mom." <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. He's very protective of me, and he only wants people around me who he knows. And I think that's, you know, a part of the, the insight that God has given him to be able to see who's truly for his mother and who's not. Yes, that's so, awesome. I've been blessed with some amazing children. Yes, you have. You have. Um, in having a black son, mm-hmm. there's I know there's fears. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with it? My son, unfortunately, does not like to leave the house unless he has to. Okay. This summer... The most my son left the house was for church on Sundays, and he would might he might would go somewhere if we almost forced him. Mm-hmm. He has said that because he's so tall, mm-hmm. he's a big boy, mm-hmm. he does not look fifteen. <laughs> right. That he's afraid that he's going to leave and never come back. My goodness. And that break my that breaks my Absolutely. heart. That my son doesn't feel like he can even trust the police to protect him because as a black man he's seen so many black men lose their lives because of police and so um, we try to encourage him like even with his career he's tr- he's gone from wanting to do something 
um, that would put him out in the spotlight to just something that would put him behind the scenes and just, you know, a low key. He still can make good money, <laughs> but he just want he just wants to live a low key life mm-hmm. to where, you know, I can stay in my house and do this. I ain't really got yeah. to deal with a lot of people. So, how do you feel about that? Are you okay? Um, we try to make let them make their own decisions okay. as far as their life goals are concerned. I know college isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. I know um, that if he's determined to do what he said that he wants to be, then I support him okay. 100%. Um, now, would I rather him be out there on the field so somebody can something on my baby name? <laughs> Absolutely. But I'm not ever going to force them to do anything that they, I mean, I don't believe that when we force people either naturally or spiritually to do something that they don't want to do, it's not their best. They're just doing it because you made them do it. Right, right. Well, you have a beautiful family and, um, and I've watched you. I've only known you maybe a couple of years, a year and a half yeah. or so. Yeah. But I've seen um, how you and your family interact with each other. Your family is very supportive of you. Um, even when I asked your daughter to come uh, dance in my church, your whole family came. Mm-hmm. Um, that is awesome. So. It's recording, baby. Sorry, guys. We just had to make sure. (laughs) Yeah, we just keep it real around here. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But I was talking about the support, the support of your family. Mm -hmm. Um, And going into your, talking about your career, um, what what do you do as a career? Now, your job may not be your career. This podcast may be your career. Um, uh, your your um, photography business may be your career. Um, can you tell us that side of Alicia that uh, bring bring in the money? That Alicia. Well, as a job, <laughs> I am an assistant property manager um, for an affordable housing community. It has its good days and bad days. <laughs> Um, but nevertheless, I, that job fell in my lap. It was nobody but God. Okay. I've never worked in an apartment um, management position in my life. And somebody called me one day and they was like, you want to work in an apartment office? And I was like, sure. Wow. And I did it temporary for about five months, I believe. Four or five months. And then they hired me permanently. Oh, wow. Okay. And I've been there for three years. Um, I am a photographer. Mm-hmm. I love taking pictures of. Now, I've grown up, like I told you earlier, I didn't think I was pretty. Um, so I never wanted. <laughs> I wish y'all could see my face <laughs> when she said that. This girl is gorgeous. <laughs> but I didn't think I was pretty. I thought I was dark skinned, nappy hair. Um, you know. I need you to talk about that. Okay. Because there are people that's listening, especially um, younger. Um, girls, um, young women that don't think they're pretty. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me, how did you you change that mindset? Because that's what it was. I'm sure that you may have uh, looked at 
these magazines or social media or something and you compare it yourself. Talk to me about how did you, why did you feel that you weren't pretty enough? And then how did you get out of that state of mind? Because we need to know that as black women. Okay, so I want to put out a disclaimer. This is not in any way to bash my father, but this is the truth. Okay. I felt because my father was not there, I was like, the only reason I can see him not being a part of my life is because I was ugly. He didn't want anything to do with me. Um, we've since talked, and that is not the case. <laughs> um, but I grew up like that, thinking that people picked on me because my hair was you know, more coarse than theirs. Um, and I'm an avid lover of chapstick now. <laughs> but growing up in the cold, I would lick my lips and they would be dry and cracked and people would pick at me because of that, because I was dark skinned at the time, not anymore, but I was really skinny. People picked at me for that. So it was just being bullied and picked on growing up that made me feel like I wasn't beautiful or nobody wanted me. What did I, you do? Like, how did you tell yourself that it was just total trash? Because I, I didn't tell, initially I didn't tell myself. Okay. I met a guy and this was my first like real boyfriend. Okay. And he always called me beautiful and I was like, can you stop saying that? Because no, I'm not. Wow. And he was like, why? You know, he like went off on me. Like, why would you not? think that you're beautiful. He was like, why would you think I want to be with you if you was ugly? <laughs> you know? And he really made me sit and look at myself one day. And he said, we're going to talk positive. Tell me the positive things that you see in the mirror. I love that. And that's how I came into the beauty of me. Not just necessarily about what I saw, mm-hmm. but the inside. Okay. Um, and I, there was still some work that had to be done. But now, you can't tell me I ain't pretty. You better not. But I had to grow to that point. But I love that. I love that. Um, and I know that um, somebody that's listening on this podcast is going to say, okay, I'm going to look in the mirror and I'm going to um, point out what is beautiful about me. And I love the fact that you said not just on the outside. Mm-hmm but on the inside, because it's a whole lot of pretty people that is nasty <laughs> and make their self look nasty. nasty. <laughs> so I love that you've given that type of instruction that they can actually Beauty say. is not just skin deep. Yes. Beauty is who you are naturally on the outside and on the inside. That's beautiful. So you, you, um, now as a photographer. Mm-hmm. I'm a photographer. Okay. Um, I started photography because, of course, I didn't think I was pretty. So I didn't like taking pictures. But then when I became, I found out that, girl, you are beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't stop taking pictures. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Until this day, I still take pictures. <laughs> I love it. And I wanted to let other people know okay. that I can capture the beauty that is you. Because there are still, like you said, people who feel like they are. Mm-hmm. And I want everybody to know that, yes, you are. Mm-hmm. You're beautiful. And we're going to capture it for you. You know, so that's how I got into photography. Um, I do podcasts. This literally fell in my lap. By, that's why it's called When God Speaks. Mm-hmm. Because when God gave it to me, he gave me what to say. 
he still gives me what to say and how to encourage the people. And a lot of times it encourages me. And then he encourages me to share it with okay. others. It hit, it's got to hit home first. Yeah. They say yeah. the word hit, hit, <laughs> hit the pastor the first. Yeah. Yeah. So it has to hit you first. Okay. And then it, I, I record it and give it to the people. Are you an author? I'm thinking. I am. Okay. I am an author. I've written two books. Wow. Um, well, actually three. I'm sorry. Tell me the I, name of them. I've written, the first one was, the first two of them are manuals. They're called Anointed to Serve. One of them is Anointed to Serve Armor Bear Necessities. The other one is Anointed to Serve 2.0. It's just the second version of, okay. of the original book, um, which lets you know that I am an armor bearer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. Um, and these, the other one is called Rejected with a Purpose. It's a seven-day devotional. It's okay. just about seven different experiences I've had dealing with rejection. That's um, awesome. Where can they find your books? The books are available on Amazon.com. You can search the titles. Um, the Anointed to Serve Armor Bear Necessities is no longer available. I didn't pull that from the show. Okay. But the 2.0 um, includes majority of the first book okay. with an, in addition to some other things that were added on. Okay, so all of these things that you do, all of these hats that you wear, um, it's all you. It's just different parts of you. Mm-hmm. And so how did, how did you know when to start that part of you or share that part of you and then, okay, let me share this part of me now, you know, because you can't do everything at one time because you're going to get, you know, crazy. So how did you know when to start that part of you? Well, I started photography during the pandemic. Okay. I just bought a camera and started taking pictures. (laughs) I was like, I already did it, you know, for, with my phone for years. I would edit them on my phone. I mean, like, I would do people's photo shoots on my phone and edit them and send it to them. And they'd be like, girl. Okay. Um, there's still a lot of work that I want to grow in different areas mm-hmm. with photography. And I'm still trying to find my niche. Okay. And, you know, I, I really don't like doing events. But, you know, family be like, can you please come do this? I'm like, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I really don't want Events is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love doing photo shoots, especially when people I get to dress up mm-hmm. and tell them how beautiful they look mm-hmm. and speak life into them. Okay. You know, while ministering. You know, it's a it's a part of ministry. Yeah. Um, ministering to them while taking their pictures. That's good. Um, the author thing, God just said do it. It seems that you do it when God say do it. Like I, I try. I haven't always been obedient. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm a runner. I'm a runner. <laughs> But even um, sometimes he just gets you to the point where you have like it's pressing. Mm-hmm. It has mm-hmm. to be done. Okay. And I am in the process. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak it. Okay. <laughs> because speak it. I, I've, I've already um, started, but I I started months ago, so I need to really speak it so that I can, I can finish it. <laughs> but I'm supposed to be writing a 30 day devotional prayers for pastors. Oh, um. Because I again, I'm an armor bearer, and y'all, if y'all don't know anything else about me, I love to serve, yes, and I does. love to serve my pastors <laughs> to make sure that they are always good mm-hmm. and taken care of. Yes. Um. So this is just something for pastors to pray or armor bearers to pray over their pastors. Okay. A thirty day devotional that God gave me to do that. That is so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's other books. I, I do I have other plans I don't want to speak on them because you know people mm-hmm. you know I'm just gonna be honest yeah. people will take your stuff <laughs> um, 
but my goal is to be a millionaire and be a, a financier to the kingdom of God. I really want to be a blessing, not only to my natural family, mm-hmm. but I want to be a blessing to my spiritual family. Okay. And see the kingdom of God enhanced in different areas. Oh, that is amazing. It has definitely been a pleasure and an honor to sit here talking to you. I know that they are uh, excited about who Alicia is and where Alicia is going. So congratulations on a phenomenal life. Um, and I'm, I had the privilege to talk about your adulthood, so I know there's other um, thing, areas that other people's going to talk about. But thank you for trusting me to thank be able to be willing. Absolutely. All right. Well, all right, guys. Thank you so much for joining. As Latisse stated, there are two other segments that will come one prior to this one and one after this one but we thank you for listening thank you for joining if you have any questions or comments about anything that i shared on today you can email me at wgspodcast2020 at gmail.com all right until next time guys peace out Thank you.